You're listening to the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Harden, and I'm so glad you showed up for our relationship chat today, as well as for you and your people. We're all about living intentionally here so you can experience joy and balance in your relationships once again or for the very first time. Be sure you hang with us on our social media platforms, and if you like research like I do, make sure you check out our website at enneagramandmarriage.com for our weekly newsletter, freebies, and so much more, as well as at Instagram and Facebook. We have so many goodies to share with you. Let's dive right in together. Hi, guys. So excited to have you today along for this E&M mini as we talk about development in generational theory and how it applies to your marriage. You'll notice I very quickly said and how it applies to your marriage because I don't want you to feel overwhelmed by theory or research. We are making this so practical, just a quick, fun episode hack for you really so that you can have some actually interesting conversation, hopefully spend some time walking and talking and just enjoying one another with all the goodies of your fall life. So I hope you're having or will have a bonfire. Let's pretend we have a bingo card. We've got to check off pumpkin carving this season. We've got to check off our pumpkin spice latte or whatever you like to drink or your chai. Uh, I had to throw in a word there for chai. Uh, We have to make sure that you read good fall books and get your aesthetic on and your spooky season. And I'm just trying to think of all the eras that we can come up with. But either way, we're overlaying a bit here with generational and developmental theories so that you can actually be more cognizant of some of the bigger underlying issues that you might not even realize that you have in your family of origin, to your in-laws, to your marriage, and even the way you're raising your kids. So this is important, and I hope it shores you up truly for a great week and a great beyond this week. Let's hope for that. But First and foremost, let me say generational theory is not nearly as big as Enneagram. It's a great overlay to look at and to hold lightly. We always say even hold Enneagram lightly, but I'm going to say with generational theory, hold it even more lightly because it's just one theory and it has some value, but it doesn't have nearly as much robust value as the Enneagram theory. I think it has some though, and that's why I'm talking about it or I wouldn't. I also want you to hold developmental theory with uh, some healthy amounts of respect because Eric Erickson is one of the formative psychologist. If you took psychology 101, you probably heard his name or developmental psych classes. And he still stands today, the late Eric Erickson's, as being one of the most prolific psychologists of all time, because he really was able to help us see what we're doing in each stage of life. So we'll start there, move into generational theory, very basic levels. You can absolutely deep dive into each of these. If you have your five hat on, you probably will at some point, maybe you already have, but I'm going to bring it home for marriage. So Developmental theory, if you're in your 20s to 30s, you're probably in that intimacy versus isolation stage. And I want to encourage you in that. I want to make sure that you know that I hope that you're going to foster intimacy. And when you're starting to tend toward isolation, you might be thinking, oh, this is okay. I'm just a self-pres or I'm somebody who's a withdrawing type. And when I help you to see That's not what's healthy for humanity. We need each other. We need interconnectedness. We need boundaries. We need breaks. But we also need to really understand that when we're connected, we're better together. So please let that just be a word that sinks in. If you're that type of person like me who can scoot away, come back. Take a deep breath. Find out what regulates you. We've got lots of episodes for you on that as you're figuring that out. And then also, if you're a little bit older than that, moving from 35 up to the 40s and 50s, you're in this stage of 
generativity versus stagnation. And that's an important stage because not only are you being productive with life, you're finding meaning and just starting to think about legacy a bit. And while you're thinking a little bit in the distance about legacy, you're also really doing a lot. So as the Stoics would say, you're thinking and you're doing, which is a great combination. And I just want you to be able to really have that lift off with your heart too. So in this stage, we also make sure that as we allow uh, this balance of heart and mind and body, that we really allow ourselves to say, how can I make sure that I'm giving my best to the next gen? And that's going to be by refueling, by refreshing, and then truly by giving versus letting yourself go into stagnation, selfishness, impulsiveness, short-term decisions that won't bless anybody. And that's an important piece for you to hang on to if you're ever wondering, like, why am I frustrated? It's probably because you're in this, you know, stagnation space and you have to really come back to generativity. Like, how am I going to pour into the next gen? Now, this leads us over to generational theory by Strauss and Howe that reminds us that each generation has its own cycle or saculum. And that's just a way of saying every 80 to 100 years, we see generations shift and turn and as I said, theoretical, not anything you can do more than fully speculate on. But what we can hack from it, and I'm going to use that word because I'm at the end of Gen X and heading into millennials and deep dive a bit, um, is that we can and should, I think, really try to look at ourselves in culture. Even if you don't buy the Strauss and Howe theory, uh, there's a lot who do, there's a lot who don't. I heard Tony Evans talking about it recently. There are people all over the globe at colleges that like it and others who don't. Um, Just take it to help you and your spouse to have conversations about what your life is like in terms of your generation. So that's all I want for you on this theory. Otherwise, I will at least briefly share, uh, because I know there's not many of you that might like to nerd out with me super on this. If you do, I'll probably put something on Spotify to say, like, did you love this episode? Because there might be a few of you who convinced me to do a deeper dive on it. Might come back to it anyway, but right now I'm just going to be tenuous and not force it upon you. Um, But just so you know, what we would say about our baby boomers, these are our senior citizens. We have just a few left in the silent generation, even older than baby boomers. Um, But baby boomers are known as uh, the prophet generation just because that's where they fall in history. Usually it's a post-war, you know, they're a boom right in 1942. And so post-war, they were coddled, they were taught, let's make sure you're okay. And there was also sort of a chance for spiritual revival here because we had uh, so much sadness and hardship. And now it's like, oh my gosh, spring is in bloom and we're ready to have all these babies. And there's a lot of hope. Um, And also a lot of craziness, as we know, from the 1960s and 70s, as the boomers were starting to get into adulthood, and now they're starting to work longer. And they're now coming into their wise years where they're like, let me pass on what I've learned. Also, let me still enjoy myself. But there's something of a me generation to it because they were given this big, grand attention. Now, when we bring that into the next gen, we have Gen X, who sometimes felt like they have been ignored by the baby boomers. And these people are now about 40 years old up to about late 50s. Um, And they are in that generation where they're like, okay, I had to hack my way through everything because the baby boomers were off, you know, really just kind of not attending to us as much. It's kind of also called the latchkey generation, not by everybody, but by some people. And it makes sense when you think back on the 1980s films where you see all the kids like totally like 
bad. And this is also called the bad generation by some. Like it's just thinking of kids as bad, adults as good. When millennials start to come around, instead of the latchkey kid on their own, wild kid getting in trouble generation, you have this generation of people who aren't just hacking their way through life skeptically, but somebody who came in under the warmth of baby boomers as they came into themselves a bit and started to get regulated and started to come back to faith and systems. And these millennials started to really take up for themselves and say, we could be heroes. Um, And so instead of having this profit generation or this more on your own nomad generation of Gen X, you have this hero generation rising up again. You can do it all. You can be it all. And that was something they grew up under and also under the milk mustache. And now many have dairy allergies. Um, But it's one of these things where we don't know all the reasons why everything happens. We have so many theories and also so many people would argue and say millennials are certainly not a hero generation. I don't know where you stand on it, but I think it's important for you to understand these systems so that you can look at yourselves and say, do we fit that mold? And if we do, probably not much we can do about being part of this generation, but definitely some conversations we could have. So I'll briefly finish that we have our last generation of artists, and this is Gen Z, and of course, another generation coming. I think they're called the Alpha, but very little. Anyway, right now, this Generation Z is more inclined toward artistry. They're a very safe generation. They're very sheltered uh, because they're coming in around the times when the uh, the Gen Xers are raising them like, don't be like me. We were little hellions. Let me keep you safe. Let me help you to make sure you're really well attended um, and also given some liftoff, whereas millennials were sort of uh, baby on board, well attended and given the dreams and liftoff. Now this artist generation is being Told, you know, find your people. It's okay to be who you want, very artistically, and you have this chance to do that a little bit. Um, but then they say, if you're Strauss and Howe, or now Strauss is gone, but Howe is still here, that you are, uh, you know, really going to see this cycle repeat again and again and again. I mean, I think that that's something you could look at any generation and say, what you want about it, just like people can pick and choose verses out of the Bible. So I do think you need a good pulled back view about your family, what's going on in your marriage, all the cultures around. But I would not lay blame at any one person's feet. I would just be able to say, let's talk about this. And here's how you can hack it even further for your marriage. If you're two Gen Xers, you may say, are we two nomads who have been skeptical hacking our way through? Do we need to come into some softness and love and borrow from the generations around us? What's our shadow? What's the shadow of your generation? if you're a millennial, are you tired, exhausted, weary, and really just don't want to have to solve everybody's problems in the community, but actually just need to rest with your spouse? That could be you also. And maybe you're a boomer listening who's like, you know, we're somebody who made some mistakes or coming into our wisdom and we'll never trade our memories or mistakes because every generation makes their mistakes. But I want you to be able to cross generationally discuss with the people in your lives and be thoughtful, set the boundaries you need to, and hopefully find that marriage glow as you process a little bit of this with me. So I hope I've shored you up a little bit developmentally and also generationally because I truly want you to thrive across all of these different platforms and have a wonderful day. Don't forget to order pre-order for all your bonuses, the Enneagram in marriage, your guide to thriving together in your unique pairing. I'm so excited to be sharing this with you guys soon. Make sure you join my launch team, get the pre-order bonuses in the show notes. Cannot wait for this to get lift off into the world. Okay. Talk to you guys soon. Bye-bye. Thank you again for listening with us. It was so wonderful to have you. I love knowing we're doing this journey together, not perfectly, but with love, grace, and hopefully some fun too. 
If you love today's episode, make sure you leave us a five-star review at Apple Podcasts or Spotify so others can find it too. Visit our show notes so you can get all the links from today's show as well as EnneagramAndMarriage.com, the Instagram, the Facebook, and all over the place. Make sure you spread the word. Love living intentionally with you. Bye-bye.